0: The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we'll be doing the chant on page 30 this morning. It's called, "Suffusion with the Divine Abidings. And this is the most common way the Buddha Gave meditation instructions for loving kindness and compassion and appreciative joy. Here it's translated as gladness and equanimity. And this is, uh, I'll be talking about this in the talk this morning, but it's really the a powerful, simple insight that hopefully all of us human beings have bumped into, which is it really matters what we pay attention to. And a lot of th- a lot of the time we think that whatever I'm paying attention to, I don't really have a choice because that's what's happening to me right now. But in any moment of our life, no matter the particular circumstances, there's more than one thing we can be paying attention to. Like even if something really difficult is happening to us, in that moment I could be paying attention to the person I think is at fault, Or I could be paying attention in this compassionate way about how difficult it is to be me right now. I mean, there's any number of things I could be paying attention to in that moment that's difficult. And thats it's meant to be empowering for us to realize that there's always this, um, you could call it a present moment input. So we're never helpless because it always matters right now, even if... a really challenging moment, there's always some play in terms of what is the mind paying attention to right now and how is it paying attention and is what and how I'm paying attention helpful or not? And if it's not helpful, then what else could I pay attention to? How might I pay attention and what might I pay attention to? So this um, chant and talk the Buddha gave about Suffusion, suffusing or abiding in these really wholesome mental states or emotional qualities, attitudes of love, right? Well, we can pay attention, like, what moment of our life would it have been impossible to be one way or another attentive to kindness in that moment, right? We could, kindness is a viable emotional state in any moment. Even if someone is being really mean to us, we can be kind to ourselves. right? Maybe we don't have the capacity to see their woundedness or whatever, but for sure we can be kind to ourselves. So as we're doing the chant, just see for that duration, can you keep, can you find and keep that quality of kindness and compassion, gladness, appreciative joy, and equanimity in mind, just as a training. So we just walked in, we're on page thirty. Now let us make the poor boundless quality shine forth. I will abide pervading one quarter with a mind imbued with loving kindness, likewise the second. Likewise the third, likewise the fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself, I will abide, pervading the all-encompassing world, with a mind imbued with loving-kindness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill-will, I will abide, per one quarter with a mind imbued with compassion, likewise a second, likewise a third, likewise a fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself, I will abide, pervading the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with compassion, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will, I will abide pervading one core a mind imbued with gladness, likewise the seventh, likewise the third, likewise the fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself I will abide pervading the all-encompassing world, with a mind imbued with gladness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill-will, I will abide pervading one quarter with a mind imbued with equanimity, likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself, I will abide, pervading the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with equanimity, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. Putting the book aside and <coughs> finding a posture that feels good today, a posture that feels quite rooted, the body at ease as best it can be today at this time, Sitting up in a way that supports clarity and alertness. So just do the best you can we do the best to hold the body relatively still. But of course, if at any time the sensations in the body are painful and you're not really able to just be open and allow the pain, then make a quiet adjustment, it's really okay. So as we settle, we're taking up this first instruction from the Buddha, establishing mindfulness to the fore. Which is this immediate or present moment exploration between a mind that is distracted and a mind that is free of distraction. And we should have a lot of humility about how much we already understand about that difference between distraction and non-distraction. So remember now, we're not, at this point, focusing on a meditation object. We're just studying the difference between the mind that is distracted or lost in thought and a mind that is free of distraction or present. Just so that in your own experience, you're becoming clearer about the distinction between those two states of mind, distraction and non-distraction. Getting the sense, especially with the experience of non-distraction, what are the essential qualities or aspects of the mind when it's not distracted, when it's present? What does it mean to be present, mindfully aware? This is a good reflection to take up at the beginning of every sitting period before you begin to work with a particular training object like mindfulness of breath. Just sitting. How to bring mindfulness to the fore. How to reestablish this present moment awareness. Here and now. all we're doing is getting interested in sustaining present moment awareness and noticing when the mind is drawn into distraction. Of course, when the mind is really distracted, we're not going to be aware that when that distractedness breaks and mindfulness returns, we can notice that moment of returning having been, lost in thought. And of course, it's not about thinking the answer, but just getting clear directly in your experience what it is to be present. And in particular, let's Notice that one of the obvious telltale signs of being present is this very basic realization that there is a body here, a sensitive body that's sensitive to touches, sensitive to sounds, sensitive to sights, smells and tastes to some degree now. So we call this embodiment, this recognizing there is a body here. And thankfully, we don't have to manage the sensitivity of the body. Hopefully, the exposure, what the body is sensitive to right now, hopefully it's okay enough that the mind can relax. And then the body will follow suit and it will relax too. So just relaxing in this present moment sensitivity. Is this what the Buddha means by establishing mindfulness to the core, Bringing mindfulness right here, right now. useful to have a a lot of respect regarding the habits of the mind to get distracted, to think about this and that, and be lost in thought. It always seems, initially, the first impulse seems innocent. I'm just going to think this through. I'm just going to consider this thought, bring this to mind. But the very deep habit is for one thought to lead to another and for the attention to be completely absorbed into the stream of thoughts, so that the mind forgets that thinking is just something being known here and now just one activity of the present moment being known. Which is why it's very useful to appreciate embodiment, the touches, the seeing, the hearing, because it's less seductive, less likely to draw the mind into endless distraction. Thoughts leading to more thoughts. So as we get a real sense of what it means to be present. Buddha recommends some exclusive attention to a meditation object as a way to begin to heal the mind, to heal the mind and body together, actually. So right here in the experience of embodiment, awareness of the body's sensitivities, you'll feel the natural movement of the breath, so the Buddha's instruction is breathing in long, one understands, I breathe in long. Breathing out long, one understands, I breathe out long. And generally speaking, when the mind is in its more usual state, the breaths are relatively speaking long. And as the mind calms down, as the body calms down, breathing becomes more subtle, more refined, and the length of the breath becomes shorter. But it's not something that's forced. It's just a natural thing. So knowing this, the Buddha's first instruction is to notice the relatively long breath, to understand that breathing in is long, relatively speaking and breathing out is long. We're being asked to notice the specific characteristics of the breath, but the Buddha's not asking us to control the breathing. This practice definitely won't unfold if we get tight about things, or activate that old habit to control So as you're breathing in, understanding that the length of the in-breath is like this. And as you're breathing out, understanding, feeling the length of the out-breath. And the more you track this ordinary physical experience of breathing in and breathing out and really noticing the length from the beginning to the end of each in-breath and in each out-breath. Well, you'll find that the mind begins to gather, begins to settle, begins to quiet. And then quite naturally the breathing process will reflect the calming down and settling of the mind. So the breath will become shorter and more refined. But not because we want it to but because the whole system is settling down. So the second instruction then is breathing in short. One understands, I breathe in short. Breathing out short, one understands, I breathe out short. Let's just play with those first three instructions. When you start over, when you've been distracted, Just establish mindfulness right here and now. Don't immediately return to the breath. Just be aware that there's mindfulness. The mind's not distracted. Then feel the breath naturally moving in the body. If the mind is agitated, then the breathing will be relatively long. Just notice the long in-breath. And the long out breaths from the beginning to the end. Feel it as physical sensation breathing in. Breathing out. Might be touching at the nostrils. Might be a movement in the abdominal wall or up in the chest. But feeling the embodied breath. That's the idea of the breath. And just keep tracking the ordinary breathing rhythm until it becomes naturally more refined and shorter as the whole system settles again. When the mind wanders into thought, acknowledge that and begin again. Remember to relax, both the mind and body. And as you feel more settled, remember to simply allow the breath to become as refined, as short as it's going to become. Really trust the body to breathe. Even when the breath is refined, can there be a careful, relaxed, clear attention to each in-breath and each out-breath, just as they are? So the mind really learns what it is to retreat, to seclude this very specific place The feeling the subtle breath coming in, feeling the sensations of the subtle breath going out, and this willingness to begin again and again and again Go from more of a gross, longer breath, following the natural process to a more short and refined breath in and out. Knowing that it really requires relaxation or this night be different than how you often practice because we're exploring what you might call an exclusive attention to the in and out breath or breathing. And this more exclusive use of a meditation object requires that the mind let go of discursive thinking. So it's a real training because the habit to think about this and that hasn't gone away. But we're inviting in this relaxed or persistent way, we're inviting the mind to know, to understand, this is breathing in. This is the experience of breathing out. And to notice that very natural transition from a longer, grosser breath to a more subtle, more refined, and shorter breath, just reflecting how settled the mind and body are. We'll sit for another five minutes or so. I just notice for the last few seconds that being aware of the in or out breath is really synonymous with being present. So that's why we use sometimes these exclusive meditation objects like breath. We're training the mind to be present.